It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. We've talked to one of the Bengals coordinators during the bye week, so why not make it to Brian Callahan joins us on Locked On Bengals to talk running game and everything offense for a two-part interview. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. Shortly, we'll be joined by Bengals offensive coordinator, Brian Callahan. We're part of the Locked On podcast network here on Locked On Bengals, bringing you coverage of your Cincinnati Bengals every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube, even during the bye week. We appreciate all of you who subscribe and who follow, so make sure you hit that bell on YouTube, hit that follow button wherever you get your podcasts, and hit the thumbs up button if you like what we're doing here on Locked on Bengals. Today's episode is brought to you by, by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. You're going to get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 if you go sign up at prizepicks.com right now with promo code Locked On. Again, that's prizepicks.com, promo code Locked On. James. Brian Callahan is always a great guest, oh, really no. forthcoming, really loves to talk about what's going on with the team. We talk with him about the run game. We talk with him about Joe Burrow's evolution, about the offenses in season evolution and how all of those things came to be. And he's just, as always, a, a really great conversationalist and gives really thoughtful answers. So why don't we just get into part one here of our interview with Brian Callahan. Now joined by Cincinnati Bengals offensive coordinator, Brian Callahan. And Brian, it has been a bit of an up and down year for the offense, but it looks like things have really come together in the last few weeks in particular. And going back to week nine against Carolina, the run game really took off. The transition from an early season wide zone team, zone heavy team to a recently more gap heavy team seems to be a solid trend at this point. Did you have an idea going into that game was this one of those games where you thought we'll be able to run the ball well we don't need to throw it this week we can ride joe mixon even though carolina had been pretty good against the run this year they have a good front and the run game has been a little bit up and down uh truthfully i didn't think it was going to look like it did uh on on sunday um primarily because they had been playing against the run well they were stout uh, both Derek brown and ionitis inside were uh, two really uh, stout physical players that had played pretty good in the leading up weeks. Uh, and then the edge players, we felt like we could take advantage of to some degree. They're a little bit lighter. And so that's where a lot of the crack toss uh, things that you saw in our game on Sunday showed up is we felt like those were matchups that, that we could win. There were guys that wanted to rush the passer. Um, and that, that lended it to us to some crack toss scheme that we've gotten away from over the last couple of weeks that uh, popped back up and was pretty effective this week. Was there a moment? On Sunday during that Carolina Panthers game where you turned to, to the coaches in the booth and you said, oh, 
Joe Mixon did that or this offensive line did that because I think plenty of fans, plenty of our listeners probably had a moment or two like that. So, so did you have one of those? And if so, when was it? Yeah, it was probably this, the screen pass early on in the game where, where he really took off um, and, and made a couple guys miss. And it was just a different burst that he, that he showed on that play. And um, he had a couple runs that were, that were still good, but the screen pass was where he broke some tackles and it was like, Oh man, Joe's feeling it today a little bit. It looks like, and and the more that he, the more that he got going, the more that we felt it. But the screen pass early on was probably the one that um, was the most uh, glaring. It's like, oh, he's he's got a, he's got some good mojo going today. So uh, let's see what he's got and keep giving it to him. I said the same thing after the game. When you have a screen game going like that, getting an explosive off the screen game, it might be a long day. Yep. For the defense, even going back to the second second play of the game, Joe Mixon in the hole with the defender makes a miss, gets some positive yardage out of it, and, and that sets up a third and, and short instead of a third and medium. I thought that was even potentially assigned. It looks like you guys really like something on the right side in this game. Your jet sweeps going in that direction. A lot of poolers going from left to right in this particular game. Am I on to something there? Was there, was there something in particular that was game plan specific, or is that just a – We've got LC and Kappa over there. Let's just uh, go off of those guys. That's part of it. Yeah, it's just that's, those are our, our stronger, stouter run run uh, offensive linemen, guys that can move the point. Especially when Kappa gets in those double teams uh, with LC, they they really can get some some legitimate movement, uh, move the line of scrimmage, like that counter play that uh, they dented the defense pretty good as as the pullers came around, and there was a, a huge hole for Joe to hit, and they could, ended up being a pretty good game, about 20, 20 some yard gain. So. Uh, yeah, those those guys were the guys that, that really can open the defensive lineup for us. And um, some of the stuff we felt like, you know, their close side end uh, was a little bit less of a player than than Burns on the open side. And so we tried to keep a little bit uh, of that close side mentality when we could. But, um, you know, overall, there wasn't anything specific other than that's usually our two, our two better, uh, more physical offensive linemen. Brian, I feel like the run game's been talked about a ton when when we talk to you throughout the week or uh, when we do mailbags here on Locked On Bengals and fans are asking about it. And after Sunday's game, I think a lot of people said, well, why why didn't they do that all season? And I know it's not that simple, but I, I am curious what your response would be to, well, why why wouldn't they get the ground game going or put more emphasis on the run. And I know you've attempted it by the way, so this isn't me asking, but I am curious what your response would be uh, to, to that. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, it's a fair question when things work in a game, you always look back and go, I wonder, well, why didn't it work before? Um, you know, the, the real answer is it is very much a week to week league and, and things work uh, against some teams that don't work against others. But um, at, at the end of the day, it's, it is a, it's one of those questions that, uh, isn't necessarily un, uh, unexpected, but the things that we did uh, in that game weren't really all that different than some of the things we've done in the previous weeks, uh, other than we got a little bit more out of it as far as uh, we made some guys miss. Joe made some guys miss in the hole. Uh, we got on the perimeter a little bit more than we probably have. Uh, we had gone away from some of those things, um, you know, over the course of the last couple of weeks because we've been in the gun so much, but we tossed a few perimeter plays in the gun that ended up being productive. Um, and, and we ended up, you know, under center a little bit more this week and we had some more di different personnel groupings in. And, um, the ultimate answer is that you can have all the different schemes you want. You're going to have to have to do some version of all of them, you know, and I think we're a little, we're finding our groove a little bit with the gap scheme and it's been a lot more productive for us. Um, we've leaned into the gun run, uh, over the last couple of weeks and 
that's been really good as well. But I think one of the things that we do to we measure the run game success on is our efficiency. And we may not have a ton of uh, yard production. You know, we might not run for 150 every game, but when we're running it, we're running it efficiently. We're we're getting first downs on second and two. We're we're scoring in the in the red zone, and uh, we're getting four yards plus when we're handing it off. And we try to do our best to do that into into some advantageous looks and the right looks. And so, um, you know, the efficiency for us is much more important than the overall numbers. But certainly, it was nice to see our, our ground game get rolling the way that Joe had it rolling uh, on Sunday. Yeah, we'll get back to our interview with Bengals offensive coordinator Brian Callahan in just a second. But first, a word from Prize Picks because Prize Picks is daily fantasy done right you're picking well two to five players and whether they're going to score more or less than their prize picks projection no competing against thousands of other people no no no. it's just their projection you're competing against prize picks and if you win big like and i talk about them all the time when we talk about prize picks stan the man has showed me multiple uh slips from prize picks where he has won big and you can too like i said daily fantasy done right and it's not just nfl it's nba it's college football it's major league baseball and so much more so download the price picks app or go to pricepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports first time users are going to get a 100 deposit match up to 100 with promo code locked on again use promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to 100 is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements maybe it's time for a rebuild or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the lombardi trophy either way join keith sanchez and damian parson for mock draft monday on the locked on nfl draft podcast they'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 nfl draft check out mock draft monday on the locked on nfl draft podcast Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's get back to our interview with Bengals OC, Brian Callahan. Yeah, when you go for seven yards of carry with your primary running back, you're probably feeling like things are pretty easy. As an offensive play caller, I'd imagine. What Did you sense any difference in, in the offensive line in particular after the game? What, there's There's been you know, people asking me and, and people discussing, oh yeah, this can build confidence. Uh, I think it was even on the Pat McAfee show. I think they had, uh, who, who's the former lineman they have on the show? Shipley maybe. Anyway, yeah. they had a former lineman on the show breaking down one of your running plays. And, and I think it was, a, I think it was the GT, was it the GT counter? I think it was. And he, he's breaking it down and, and, you know, McAfee and those guys are asking like, is this something that can build the confidence of an offensive line? Will this translate to pass blocking? Did you see any of that on the inside? Just, just looking at those guys after the game, were they a little feel, feeling yeah. themselves a little bit? I felt it from them. Um, I think you, I felt it from the way that they were coming off the ball during the game um, and, and the way that they, uh, you know, look, everybody hears, the negativity, you know, those guys aren't, they're, they're human. Um, they probably don't participate in social media as much as, as the average person, but um, they get asked all the questions and they hear all the things that people say. And, uh, you know, at some point you start to, it does start to wear on you to some degree. And so for those guys to go out and play the way they played um, and then get some confidence and, and a little bit of groove and, and some rhythm going in the run game, I think was, was very beneficial. And, uh, that is a real thing. There is some momentum involved in it. There is some confidence that grows from it uh, where you, you feel good the next time you go out uh, and you feel better that, you know, you're going to be able to perform at that level again. Now that, to reach the same level on Sunday every week would be relatively difficult. 
Um, but I do think that it does have an effect when you, when you go out and play that well, um, that you get the guys, they start to feel a little bit better together. They feel more confident uh, in, in what we're doing and how we're doing it and then how they're, how they're executing it, which I think is, um, you know, something that we're, we're excited about. Sticking with the offensive line, Brian, Lel Collins was, and I don't know, just speaking of social media, if you followed along on that Saturday when he was still in town and he was at Kenwood Mall and fans were chasing him around. And by the way, that's like right down the street from my house. I was like, do I really need to go to Kenwood Mall right now? Like it was that crazy. Did you? I did not. No, I was like, all right, (laughs) let's not go too crazy. I was like, come on, if they're going to sign him, they're going to sign him. He's not going to break news to me at at the mall. So I did not go, but I was tempted because it's right down the street. And so expectations were high. Uh, how has he played in recent weeks? Because I've certainly noticed him more. Obviously, the Carolina game, it doesn't take an offensive line expert to, to notice what he was doing in the ground game. But when yep. you pop on the film, does 71 look a lot different in recent weeks than he did early in the season? And how much yeah. do you think has to do with health? Uh, quite a bit of it. You know, he's, he's, he feels good. Um, I think missing all of that time in, in camp, uh, was detrimental to him uh, overall. You know, linemen have to have to participate to some degree. Uh, you have to put your pads on. You have to play football. And I think early on it was a little bit of health, a little bit of uh, trying to catch up, trying to get back in shape, trying to feel like he's got his legs under him. Um, and I thought that every week that went by, he's played better and better. Um, and I thought his last two weeks really have probably been his two best weeks uh, in succession. And uh, it's been really good to see because he's he's big, he's strong. Uh, when he gets his hands on you, it's it's hard to get him off. Um, and you can see even in pass pro when when he gets a chance to punch guys, they he can stone them with with, with just his punch alone sometimes. And um, it's been a big addition for us. He's he's been really great uh, to have. His strength has been fun to see. You can you feel it in the run game uh, when he's coming off the ball, and um, he's certainly playing as good as he's played since he's been here. And uh, it's taken him it took a little bit of time to get his pads underneath him, and now he's he's coming along and, and playing. I think uh, really good football for us. And with TJ Watt likely back this week, likely awaiting after the bye, that would be good news for for him to be coming into form as we get to the stretch run. I want to talk about the the speech that Joe Mixon mentioned, and I'm sure you've been asked about this. And I, I don't want to ask you to share too much of of what you said, but. Did, did you feel or you can share it all yeah, of you, if you want if you yeah, just want to give no, it to us no pressure no pressure you yeah. know you can give us a pep talk but uh did you go into that thinking like i'm going to come into this with a different approach this week or or was it nothing out of the ordinary for you no i i did have a a, a different approach uh for that meeting and, and just as a as a background that that saturday morning meeting um for for the offensive unit is really a a review of, of the week of practice, um, sort of a addition of game film and practice tape and getting ready for uh, here's how here's the plan. Here's how we're going to attack them. It's like the, an end of the week review, finalizing everything we've done over the course of the week. And I try to have at least some version of, of entertainment involved in it because, you know, you got to keep everybody's attention. And um, I like different messages, different themes. And I think our, our job as, as coaches is to find the right themes at the right moments at the right time of the season. And, um, you do your best to say, here my kids in the background, but, um, you do, you do your best to, to have, um, uh, a, a motivational spot, you know, and, and I try not to drone on too long about it. And try not to, to make the point pretty quickly. Um, but we're using all the mediums available. I've used multiple documentaries. I, 
I've used, um, I don't know if you guys have seen 14 Peaks, the documentary on Netflix, really, really good uh, about the climber. Uh, Nims Persia is the guy's name, but things like that. I use a bunch of the man in the arena from Tom Brady last year. Uh, just different messages from different people that, that have successful things that go on. And, um, no, the guys seem to like it, try to keep them entertained. Sometimes I just show their high school highlights and, you know, I find different ways to, to keep it engaging. But uh, the, the point of the meeting really is a review of the, of the game plan and, and how we're going to play the game. And we kind of review the keys to victory and, and, and um, mix that in with the message of the week. And so I knew going into that, that to the game that, that we needed a different tone, I think, set. And um, I'm glad it was well received, and I'm, I'm glad Joe uh, responded the way he did. I, I'm not going to say that, you know, I don't, I don't believe that, that speeches and meetings ever are going to win a game, but, um, you know, I think something resonated with him, and maybe, maybe it, it helped him in some way get ready for this game and play uh, at a level that, that he hadn't reached yet for us this year. But uh, I definitely was uh, intended to be a little more intense, uh, and the message to have a little bit more of a, uh, I guess the edge is the right word for it, but, um, it was it was probably a side of my personality those guys don't see very often, and kind of got after it a little bit, which was you know again I think seemed to seemed to be responded to well. When you walked out of that meeting, was there a nailed it mindset? Like, did you think that you did like accomplished what you set out to going into it, or did you not really know until Joe Joe mentioned it the next day after a record setting game? Uh, sometimes I get a feel for, you know, when you're speaking in front of a group, you, you, you see guys, oh, they're, they're really engaged to, to what you're saying and, and, uh, or they're not, and you get a feeling pretty quickly on, on what's, on what hits and what doesn't. Um, and I felt like they, I had captured their attention at least for, for the better part of that meeting. And I think my message, uh, seemed to be resonating with them over the course of the, you know, the meeting, it's roughly about a half hour meeting. And, um, I walked out of there feeling like I, I, felt good about the way that I conveyed the message for the week. And I, and I felt like it uh, was something that they would, that they would respond to, but uh, I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have walked out of there and said, yep, we're going to go, you know, <laughs> score 28 points in the first half and, and all that stuff. I, you know, uh, there's, I've given plenty of speeches I thought were good and meetings I thought were, were productive that, you know, we didn't go out and do that. So um, I just, I'm glad it was, I'm glad it was, I'm, I'm, I appreciate him, you know, giving credit to that. Uh, I would flip it around and give him the credit because he's the one that goes out there and plays. Um, but it was, you know, like I said, it's, it's good to hear that it, the message was received and uh, the intent of it at least worked uh, to some degree. You guys didn't score 28 points in the first half, by the way. It was 28 in the second quarter. You had 35 in the first That's half. That's right. So right. there you uh, go. Don't sell me short. <laughs> you know? yeah. so, so we don't get any, any, you, you want to give us a little bit of that edge or should I, should we just move on and start talking about pass, passing game, pass protection stuff? <laughs> I'm just going to let you decide whether you want to be on the spot or not. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll, I'll give you a little bit. I, I used, um, I used a couple of clips from, uh, the, the guy's got a really good podcast. You guys know Jocko Wilneck at all? I've heard of him. Yeah. Navy, he's a former Navy yeah. SEAL. He's got some good stuff out there, but. Uh, his delivery on some things is, is a little bit more intense. And, and I just, I used one or two of those and, and piggybacked on that. And, um, you know, I felt like it was a, it was time to, for, for us to, you know, do our jobs better for lack of a, for lack of a better way to say it. But um, that was all of us. And, and again, I, I didn't, it was no, there was nothing negative about it. I wasn't directed at anybody. It just was, look, this is, this is the time of year where it starts to matter a lot and every game's going to matter more. And every, every, 
game really from here on out uh, ultimately becomes a playoff game. And that's the kind of intensity you got to have, the kind of focus you have to have, uh, the detail that you have to approach your job. And, um, you know, it's a good reminder at this point in the year, we're heading into the bye. We had to have the win before the bye. And, and now we got a bunch of really, uh, got the three divisional games and a bunch of AFC games coming up that, that are really important. And um, if we want to make a run at this thing again and, and try to get into the playoffs, which is the ultimate goal, we're going to have to we're going to have to perform better and play better and, and have that that edge to us, that intensity. That's, you know, what, what playoff games are made of. And it's, it's fun to be able to draw back in that experience uh, with most of the guys in that room because they've, they've all been in the playoffs and they know the difference. and They know what it feels like. Um, and it's a little bit more of a time to turn it on. You know, the, 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 it's there's it's getting short. We don't have a lot of time left to, to perform at, at the level that we're capable of. And now we got to string them together for the next couple of weeks. So. Uh, that was the main message, and it was a little more colorful than that, but um, that was that was the gist of it. Part one of our two-part series with Bengals OC Brian Callahan will continue in just a second, but first I have to tell you about Bet Online because it's your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. I've used Bet Online, and whether it's the NBA, whether it's the NFL, whether it's college football, if you're trying to wager this weekend, which why wouldn't you want to wager whether it's Sunday night or Monday with Monday night rolling around? The Bengals are on a buy, so you can smile ear to ear, kick your feet up, and wager on sports. It's the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. So go there now, bet online, where the game starts. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How much, Brian, do you do you look at the, the schedule? Because you're right, that time of year... And I know it's a week to week thing, but now you can take a, a second and I don't have to tell you the schedule, but yep. it's tough. And so it is going to be, I mean, you're playing playoff teams for the next two months ahead of the playoffs, essentially. Yep. Do, do you look at that as a gauntlet? Do you, or, or is it strictly, all right, let's, let's figure out Pittsburgh and go from there. Uh, it's that it's more figure out, you know, how do you win the next week? Um, yeah. we, we're, we're aware, you know, we, I, I showed the guys before we left for the buy that, the next three, the next four weeks, you know, you try to, in the old 16 game season, you used to be able to divide it up in the, in the four game segments. And it's just a little bit, not quite that easy now, but you know, we went three and one in our last four games and I showed them the next four that are coming up and, you know, we're at Pittsburgh. Um, we're, we're what at Tennessee, we're home against Kansas city and we're home against Cleveland. And so uh, that's two divisional games and two AFC playoff contending teams that, that we have in the next four games. And, the calendar is going to go from November to December. And, and that's when you got to be playing your best football. And sure, we, we do look, we know what's ahead of us. Um, you know, we're aware of it. I think our players are aware of it, uh, but I, I, I like it. I think it's a good thing. I think there's, there's something about that uh, and how we performed last year in those spots and now get a chance to, you know, here it comes. If, if you want to be, if you want to be at the same place we were at the end of last year, um, these are all the teams you're going to have to beat anyway. So you, you might as well, you might as well start playing well against them now because you're going to see them at some point. They're going to stand in our way uh, if we want to make it to the, to the end of it. Uh, all these teams are all going to be there. And so that's the – it is what it is. And, and that's just the, the nature of, of football. But um, I'm excited about it. I'm excited to see what, what our guys are made of and how they're going to perform. And, um, you know, the, the goal is to go 3-1 in the next stretch. And, and hopefully that 
you go three and one and three and one, you find yourself in a pretty good spot and it's going to be a lot easier said than done. But um, yeah, we're going to, we're going to play all the teams that are going to be standing in our way from, from here until February. And if, if we want a part of it, we got to rise up to the occasion and, and play well against these guys now. And when you talk about that and you talk about how, how last season went, it made me think about how certain things seem to be somewhat cyclical. And, and you can tell me if you're sick of talking about the comparisons of last year and this year where, you know, some of the things are, you know, same record going into the bye, a, a tough playoff schedule on the back stretch of the schedule and, you know, needing to win those games and stay hot and, and stay executing at a high level. But other things that stand out to me are reinventing the running game. And maybe I'm overstating that, but totally changing your running game in season. And this feels like it's happened a few times in your tenure in Cincinnati. Do you feel any of these things? It's like, oh, yeah, we've gone through this before. We've had to redesign our running game. We've had to go, you know, from starting the season as this under center wide zone team wanting to do a bunch of stuff off of that to going pure shock on a couple of weeks is, is, is that something that you're just comfortable with because you've done it before? Or is this truly like a season to season thing? This season calls for something different. And this is our adaptation this year. And if that's the case, what was that like? What was that realization like that you needed to start making this transition? Yeah. And that's a good, that's a good question because I think it's a little bit of all of it. Um, you know, you, you were the benefit that we have is we've been together now for a long time, especially in the coaching staff. Um, most of us have been, been with the, been together for four seasons now going on four seasons now. Um, obviously Frank has been with us for two and that goes a long way in, in deciding and knowing uh, when it's time to pivot off of something uh, without having to worry about it too much. It's, this isn't working. Let's try something different. Um, that's a big part of it. The second part of it, I think is, uh, you know, with four new starters and a new tight end, um, really trying to figure out what it is that they, they do well. Obviously you still want to have some uh, continuity to what you believe in and what your, what your system is and your philosophy. Um, but you also have to, to mold it into, into what those guys do well. And, you know, without Kappa practicing for a long stretch of the training camp, without LC practicing for, for quite a while and, and Burrow being out, um, we didn't probably get the amount of accumulated reps we would have wanted to coming into the season, particularly in the run game, um, to really know what those guys do well. And uh, as we started the season, we, we've, we learned some lessons and learned some hard ones, um, but, but realized that, that we're probably um, a little bit better of a downhill running team uh, and a little bit better of a gap scheme team that uh, we can supplement with the wide zone as opposed to the opposite where a lot of teams are, are wide zone first and supplement with gap where uh, we've sort of made this shift from wide zone primary to more of a gap scheme primary and i think it's you know really been astute by frank and then how much he's adapted the the run game style um we've tried to fit it best to, to what burrow does well and uh, we tried to fit it to to how, how does that all mix together you know how do you how do you blend a shotgun quarterback with an under center run game and um, the answer is really so far what we've done is find find gap runs from the gun, uh, find RPOs from the gun, and, and make those things look as, as close to similar as possible uh, with the pass game. And so um, it's been a it's been an ongoing week to week um, proposition, uh, and, and every week is always going to look the same as the week before. But um, we've had to definitely had to pivot and change and, and really try to tailor what we do to, to what our guys' strengths are up front. Uh, and for Mixon too, Mixon is a much better downhill runner, and, and that's been proven I think over the last couple of weeks. He's He's done a much better job uh, hitting the holes and, and finding ways to, to get downhill and get efficient runs. And so, um, you know, it's, it's a year to year. Every year you're trying to find, you know, what you guys do well and, 
and hopefully we get a bunch of experience and we get these linemen here for the next handful of years and, and we know a lot better. But um, certainly early in the year was was a, a feeling out period for us and, um, you know, learned some lessons along the way. How much do you need to go under center? Uh, you mentioned Burrow. I, mean, I, th- I don't think it's a secret how comfortable he is in shotgun. And now that you've shown that you can run out of the shotgun, Mixon looks pretty comfortable now mm-hmm. in, in that doing that so do you do you need I, I know you'd have to do it a little bit but can it just be a little bit this time of year and you just put joe in the shotgun and, and mix it right next to him yeah i think you can i, I don't think there's any limitations on um on the effectiveness of, of how you can marry the two things i think we've done a pretty good job of it as of late um the last month or so of marrying that yeah. gun run uh gun play action which does you know is, it's it's still effective uh, we've had some pretty good looks in the play action game atlanta uh, yeah, there's definitely times where, where it has its effects. And now uh, we've probably skewed much more uh, run in the gun. And, and so you get the same type of reactions from guys when you get the play action from the gun as well. And so uh, I don't think you it requires you to have to go under center. Um, I do and will always believe that if you're going to run wide zone and that's what you're going to do, you, you likely need to be under center for that um, and play all the things off of it. But uh, we've tended to not have very much success with, with the, the keepers, um, over our time. And, and, you know, the more you watch keepers around the league, they, they really struggle. You know, they're not very exciting plays. Uh, and then occasionally one out of probably every 15 or 20 ends up being a nice gain. Uh, you end up hitting a, hitting a high cross or, or something like that. But um, the Nakeds tend to be pretty ugly across the league right now for whatever reason. Um, and so it's, you know, you have to adapt and change your scheme some. And if you're, if you're understanding running wide zone, your compliments are always going to be the, the the keeper game and, and some of the all the wide zone play action off of it and um, if you're not going to do all those things then it's it's probably not a great package for you and so we've definitely leaned away from that some and uh, there'll be times when we get under center too you know when we really got to get after to get up get off the ball and and run some wide zones that'll that'll come up it's not going to go away and um, you know you just have to do a good job of mixing those things up together. All right, we're going to cut the interview there. We'll get back to it in our next episode. Another load of great information and great insight from Brian Callahan coming up in our next episode. And you just can't say enough. I mean, if you've just watched this part of the interview, you can't say enough about how nice those interviews with him go. Just really easy to talk to. Always a privilege when he is on the show. And we're going to get into some more of this conversation on our next episode. We'll even ask him about how they're self-scouting, how they handle fourth down decisions, which a lot of those robots out there on the internet that put together their fourth down percentages and whether you should go for it or not, haven't necessarily agreed with the Bengals. So we'll talk with them about that in addition to Joe Burrow's growth and more on our next episode. So make sure you tune in for part two with Brian Callahan. And we appreciate you listening to the Locked On Bengals podcast. Until next time, who day and have a good one. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.